vicious attacks on the Bolsheviks so important. It belies both these figures. Kautsky, who is today deservedly forgotten, was in the 1920s the eminence grise of the German Social Democratic Party, by far the strongest Social Democratic Party in the world, and the guardian of Marxist orthodoxy against both Bernsteinian revisionism and leftist extremism. Terrorism and communism represents a Trotsky who knew how to be hard, to exercise terror, and a Trotsky fully ready to accept the task of reconstructing daily life. There is nonetheless a third figure of Herr Bronstein, one which relies precisely on terrorism and communism. Trotsky, the precursor of Stalin, who in 1920 already called for one-party rule, militarization of labor, No wonder terrorism and communism is disowned even by many a Trotskyist, from Isaac Deutscher to Ernest Mandel, who characterized it as Trotsky's worst book, his relapse into anti-democratic dictatorship. There are passages in terrorism and communism which effectively seem to point forwards to the Stalinist 1930s with their spirit of total industrial mobilization to drag Russia out of its backwardness. After Stalin's death, a well-read copy of Terrorism and Communism was found among his private papers, full of handwritten notes which signaled Stalin's enthusiastic approval. What more does one need as a proof? This is why Terrorism and Communism is Trotsky's key book, his symptomal text, which should on no account be politely ignored, but, on the contrary, focused on. We leave to the canaille of cynical wisdom the dubious pleasure of dwelling on the, from the hindsight of today's perspective, all too obvious illusions of the book, starting with Trotsky's reliance on the forthcoming West European Revolution. One should not forget that this belief was shared by all Bolsheviks, Lenin included, who saw the survival of their power not as opening up the space for constructing socialism in one country, but as buying them a breathing space, surviving till relief arrived in the guise of the West European Revolution that would release the pressure. The crucial problem lies elsewhere. The battle for Trotsky should be won on the very Stalinist terrain of terror and industrial mobilization. It is here that a minimal but crucial difference between Trotsky and Stalin has to be demonstrated. Why War Communism? Let us begin with the historical moment when the book was written, 1920, the last stages of the Civil War when Russia had been looted, weakened, exhausted, and was falling apart, to quote Trotsky's own straight and honest description. Disease, hunger, and cold stalked the land. The lives of the workers had gotten worse, not better. The promises of the revolution were more distant than ever. Here again is Trotsky's own candid admission from a speech given on the third anniversary of the October Revolution. We went into this struggle with magnificent ideals, with magnificent enthusiasm, and it seemed to many people that the promised land of communist fraternity, the flowering not only of material but spiritual life, was much closer than it has actually turned out to be. The promised land, the new kingdom of justice, freedom, contentment and cultural uplift, was so near it could be touched. If back then, three years ago, we had been given the opportunity of looking ahead, we would not have believed our eyes. We would not have believed that three years after the proletarian revolution, it would be so hard for us, so harsh to be living on this earth. 
Therein resides the greatness of the Bolsheviks. At this point of utter disappointment, when their position was in the highest degree tragic, they did not withdraw and concede defeat, but persisted. Was, however, the price they paid for this persistence, for their success in surviving, not too high? Here is the predominant story of the fateful year 1920, shared by fanatical anti-communist historians, new generation revisionists, and even some erstwhile Trotskyists themselves, such as Deutsche. Russia was a theatre of the absurd, in which the depressing reality was presented as if it were what it was supposed to be as imagined by the communist leaders. And what did the communist leaders imagine reality to be? They basically hallucinated. Their reaction to the utter social catastrophe was a weird millenarian euphoria. That is, it appeared to them that the catastrophe opened up a chance of a shortcut to communism.